Okay, so today I'm really excited to welcome on a special guest on to the Metaverse podcast, a first for us to come and talk about OpenAI, the organization, to talk about its product suite, mission, as well as its toolkit, possibilities and limitations. So obviously we would love Sam Altman on. He's pretty busy at the moment, although we do hope to get him on um, at a future future point. However, in his absence, we thought, well, why don't we ask the questions we'd ask Sam to chat GPT? We'd have it answer and we then take those answers and feed it into some other AI to do it in Sam's voice and then also as a visual representation of Sam. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. We call that composable creativity, where you're stacking different types of AI to produce multimedia experiences. So I hope you enjoy this. The answers were were really interesting. Uh, I interrogated it probably harder than I did interrogate Sam in fairness, but it gave some some really interesting answers, navigated and, and, and ducked a few. Um, but on the whole, it was it was pretty uh, felt pretty honest and sincere and, and maybe even actually we, we got less kind of politician answers than we might get if we'd interviewed a person from OpenAI. So let's get to it. And we'll, of course, explain a little bit later the tools that we used. So Sam AI, if you could give me a quick intro to OpenAI, the organization, please. Hi, Jamie. Great to be here. OpenAI is an artificial intelligence research laboratory, and it's made up of like for profit part called OpenILP. And uh, the nonprofit part, OpenAI Incorporated. And, you know, back in 2015, some really big names in tech like Elon Musk, myself, Greg Brockman, and a bunch of others, we got together and uh, we founded this thing. And our goal, well, it's pretty simple. We just want to create this super advanced AI that'll, you know, benefit everyone, all of humanity. Now, OpenAI, it's become like one of the top AI research places in the world. And what's important to us is making AI that's like safe, transparent, and good for everyone. So we're working on a whole bunch of stuff, natural language processing, computer vision, robotics, even like game playing, and a whole lot more. Okay, thanks for that very succinct answer. Could you tell me a little bit more about OpenAI's co-founders? OpenAI was co-founded by several individuals who are prominent figures in the field of artificial intelligence. Elon Musk. You've probably heard of Elon. He's this amazing entrepreneur and visionary, and he co-founded OpenAI in 2015. He's also the guy behind SpaceX and Tesla, and you know he used to be the co-founder and CEO of PayPal. He's super into making sure AI is developed responsibly. Myself. <laughs> so I'm Sam Altman, and I'm an entrepreneur and investor. Uh, I was the president of this startup accelerator called I Combinator before I joined OpenAI. I've started a bunch of successful companies and been on the boards of some others too. Greg Brockman. Greg's a software engineer and entrepreneur, and he was the CTO of Stripe before he co-founded OpenAI. He's also started some startups and worked as an engineer at Google and MIT. Sutskiver. He is a research scientist and he's really good at deep learning. He was at Google before he co-founded OpenAI. And he's done a lot of work on developing deep learning algorithms. John Schulman, John's another research scientist, and he's an expert in like reinforcement learning. He used to be at Google too, and then he co-founded OpenAI. He's done a ton of work on reinforcement learning algorithms. Together, the OpenAI co-founders bring a wealth of experience and expertise to 
the organization and are dedicated to advancing the development of safe and beneficial artificial intelligence. So it's interesting you mention Elon Musk as a, as a co-founder. Um, obviously, he's now parted ways with OpenAI. Um, he, he left its board of directors. Um, why did Elon Musk leave? So, you know, Elon Musk, he actually stepped down from OpenAI's board back in 2018. He was pretty concerned about the potential risks that AI could bring. Elon's been vocal about his worries, even saying that AI might be a bigger threat to us than, you know, nuclear weapons. He felt that being on the OpenAI board just didn't quite fit with his other roles, like running Tesla and SpaceX. But, you know, even though he left the board, he's still really supportive of OpenAI and what we're trying to achieve with safe and beneficial AI. So, I mean, I, I know you kind of cited that Elon had some kind of general concerns uh, about AI and then also his his understandable workload at Tesla and SpaceX. Um, but what were his concerns specifically about open AI? You know, Elon's concerns about open eye were mainly centered around the possible risks and uh, dangers that AI could pose, especially if it becomes uncontrollable and a real threat to humanity. He's talked about this quite a bit in interviews and at public events, and that's what led him to leave the open eye board in 2018. Elon's worries come from this idea that AI might become a fundamental risk to the existence of human civilization if we don't, you know, regulate and monitor it properly. He's warned that AI could lead to things like autonomous weapons and other dangerous technologies. And he's called on governments to step in and regulate AI development and deployment. When he left the open eye board, it was reportedly because he was concerned about the company's focus on creating really advanced AI systems without, you know, fully considering the potential risks. He's still a donor to the organization, but he's not involved in the day today stuff anymore. Okay, well, look, I really appreciate your answer. I know it's a sensitive topic. We'll come back to it a, a little bit later. But let's talk about the, the possibilities of OpenAI. Can you explain its product suite and tech stack for me? Can you break that down? OpenAI is really exploring a whole range of possibilities, focusing on creating and advancing AI technologies to address real-world issues. Some of the key areas OpenAI is working on are language models. OpenAI is known for its language models like GP3, which can generate text that's, you know, quite human, like answer questions and do all sorts of other language related tasks. We're also working on robotics, building AI powered robots that can do complex tasks, such as solving a Rubik's cube and manipulating objects. OpenAI is looking into how AI can be used in healthcare too, with projects like developing models to predict hospital readmissions likelihood and identifying potential drug targets for diseases. We're also using AI to tackle climate change, working on projects like machine learning to optimize energy usage and creating uh, powered weather prediction models. OpenAI offers a range of products and services like the GPT-3 language model, Codex, DALI for image generation, OpenAI Gym for reinforcement learning, and the OpenAI API. OpenAI's tech stack includes various machine learning frameworks such as TensorFlow and PyTorch and a bunch of programming languages like Python and C++. They also use cloud computing services like Amazon Web Services and GCP for their AI models. So obviously, your relationship, partnership with, with Microsoft uh, has been incredibly exciting, incredibly fruitful. It's driven a lot of headlines. It's kind of got Google in a panic. Can you tell me a little bit more about the relationship with Microsoft, um, some more of the specifics? 
OpenAI and Microsoft have this really close relationship that started back in 2019 when Microsoft invested a billion dollars in OpenAI. Since then, they've been one of OpenAI's main partners working together on a bunch of projects. One key area where they collaborate is in developing cutting edge A technologies. Microsoft provides OpenAI with access to its Azure cloud computing platform, which is used to you know train and run OpenAI's deep learning models. They also work together on developing new AI frameworks and tools like the OpenAI Gym Toolkit for Reinforcement Learning. Besides technology development, OpenAI and Microsoft have teamed up on some high-profile projects. For instance, in 2020, they partnered to develop GPT-3, which is you know one of the world's most advanced natural language processing models. Microsoft has also worked with OpenAI on projects related to robotics, computer vision, and more. So overall, the relationship between OpenAI and Microsoft is really strong with both companies benefiting from each other's expertise and resources. So I know there are some concerns about the extent of the relationship with Microsoft. You know, could it be anti-competitive in, in some way? Can it perhaps limit the potential um, for others wanting to collaborate with OpenAI? Does Microsoft have any kind of exclusivity or commercial advantages over other companies and its competitors in the use of OpenAI technology? Yes, Microsoft does have this exclusive partnership with OpenAI, which makes them the preferred and exclusive commercial cloud provider for OpenAI. As part of this partnership, Microsoft invested a billion dollars in OpenAI and got a license to use OpenAI's GP3 language model for their own products and services. Microsoft also has access to OpenAI's other models and technologies, and the two companies collaborate closely on research and development. It's important to remember that OpenAI is still an independent organization and continues to work with other companies and organizations too. So while Microsoft has a strong partnership with OpenAI, it doesn't necessarily give them any commercial advantages over other companies when it comes to using OpenAI's technology. Thanks for for that answer. I guess time will tell. So, you know, we, we kind of, I think everybody realizes the potential for OpenAI. It's pretty much 50% of my, my Twitter feed at the moment. But what are the limitations to the development of OpenAI? OpenAI has made some really impressive progress in the development of artificial intelligence, but there are still limitations that we need to address. Some of these limitations include data bias. A big challenge in AI development is data bias. Algorithms are really only as good as the data they're trained on if the data is biased. Well, the AI model will produce biased results. Data bias can also lead to unfair and even discriminatory outcomes. Another one is computational power. Developing advanced AI models needs a lot of computational power. As the complexity of AI models goes up, the amount of computational power required to train and run them also increases. This can be a huge limitation for researchers and companies with limited resources. The development of AI also brings up ethical concerns like the potential misuse of AI for malicious purposes. There are concerns about the impact of AI on employment and the economy, as well as the impact of AI on privacy and security. Another limitation of AI is its lack of transparency or explainability. AI algorithms can produce accurate results, but it's often hard to understand how they arrived at those results. This can be a significant limitation in critical applications such as healthcare and finance, limited generalization. Uh, I, models are often designed to perform specific tasks and might not be able to generalize to new situations. For example, 
an AI model trained to recognize cats might not be able to recognize dogs without additional training, there's also a lack of creativity. While um, models can produce impressive results, they lack creativity and the ability to think outside the box. This can be a limitation in fields like art and music where creativity is highly valued. And of course, the cost. Developing and deploying AI models can be expensive. The cost of data, hardware, and talent can be a significant barrier for smaller companies and researchers. So it's interesting in that answer, you kind of missed this concept of reliability. I've heard your CTO talk about it, you know, generally in the context of AI. Challenges in the reliability of the output of AI, in particular in the context of regulated industries, whether that's self-driving cars or, or medical or financial advice, is is problematic, right? It, it, it means that regulators aren't going to allow these technologies to be fully unleashed. Could you explain the challenges around reliability? Reliability is indeed a crucial challenge in AI, particularly in regulated industries like self-driving cars, medical and financial advice, where the consequences of system failure can be severe. Some of the challenges related to reliability in AI are robustness to unexpected inputs. AI systems might fail when they encounter inputs that are outside of their training data or when they encounter unexpected situations. It's essential to ensure that AI systems are designed to handle these scenarios and are robust to unexpected inputs. In regulated industries, uh, systems have to be transparent and explainable to meet regulatory requirements. For example, self-driving cars must be able to explain their decision-making process in case of an accident and medical and financial advice systems must be able to provide clear explanations for their recommendations. The AI systems are only as good as the data they're trained on. In regulated industries such as medical and financial advice where data quality is crucial, uh, systems need to be trained on high quality and unbiased data. Failure to do so could lead to biased or incorrect recommendations, which could have severe consequences. AI systems in regulated industries must be designed to be secure and protect sensitive information. In the case of medical and financial advice, personal data must be safeguarded from unauthorized access or misuse. This requires implementing robust security measures and adhering to privacy regulations to ensure that uh, systems can be trusted with sensitive information. So another big thing, another big concern, perhaps more of a moral or ethical one, is this concept of alignment. Um, how can you have alignment in AI? How can you be sure that OpenAI itself is unbiased? Um, how hard is that to achieve? At OpenAI, you know, we're focused on alignment, which means we want to build advanced AI systems that genuinely align with human values and goals. This is, you know, super important because artificial intelligence can have a massive impact on society. And if we don't make sure these systems align with human values, we might face unintended and even harmful consequences. Now, achieving alignment is like a really tough problem. We need uh, systems to grasp and reason about complex human values, and that's hard to like define and express precisely. AI systems often work in situations where they don't have all the information or the info they have isn't perfect. So designing algorithms that can reliably get the results we want is a pretty big challenge. We've put a lot of resources into researching alignment at OpenAI. 
we've come up with some approaches to tackle this problem, like inverse reinforcement learning, iterated amplification, and debate. We're trying to use insights from cognitive science and game theory to make AI systems that can really understand human values and goals, and then learn to act in ways that match those values and goals. But you know, despite all our efforts, alignment is still a really hard research challenge. We've got a long way to go to develop truly effective and robust solutions. Now, another really interesting concept, and I guess similarly linked to kind of limitations, what, what could limit the potential of AI and open AI is around tokens uh, and something called next token generation. Um, and so in our world in Web3, I think that means something different. But in the world of AI, could you talk about or explain the concept of tokens uh, and next token generation? So in natural language processing, we have these things called tokens, which are basically the individual pieces of text we get when we break down input text into smaller parts. Like in the sentence, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. The tokens would be each of the words in that sentence. Now, a common task in natural language processing is called next token generation. The idea is to predict the most likely next word or token in a sequence of text. This can be super useful for things like text generation, machine translation, and sentiment analysis. You know, there are some limitations to next token generation that can affect the accuracy and effectiveness of these systems. Models usually only consider a fixed number of previous tokens when predicting the next one. This can make it hard for the model to understand the broader context and meaning of the text, which can lead to prediction errors. A lot of words have multiple meanings, and the correct meaning might depend on the broader context. Next token generation models can have a tough time figuring out the right interpretation, which can lead to wrong predictions. Models can struggle with predicting rare or infrequently used words because there might not be enough examples in the training data to really capture their meaning and usage. Next token generation models can be prone to overfitting where they get too specialized to the training data and can't generalize to new examples. This can make their performance on real world data not so great and limit their usefulness bias. Models can end up with bias where they just replicate and reinforce existing biases from the training data. This can lead to discriminatory or problematic predictions, especially when it comes to sensitive topics like race, gender, and ethnicity. To get past these limitations, researchers are looking into new approaches for natural language processing, like transformer models and attention mechanisms, as well as techniques for data augmentation and reducing bias. But you know, these challenges are still a big area of research and development in the field of natural language processing. So I think a lot of people think that you know this shift from a nonprofit to a for-profit is because there's this requirement for a huge amount of capital to effectively finance um, acquiring new data sets, new specialist data sets to train these models. Is OpenAI running out of new data? You know, how does it collect enough data to keep pace with this exponential growth that you're seeing in its AI models? So OpenAI, you know, works with a ton of data, right? But it's not just about like running out of new data to train our models. The real challenge um, is getting high quality, diverse data that keeps up with the crazy growth of AI models. So here are a few things we need to think about data sources. We rely on public data sources like uh, academic papers, news articles, and social media posts. 
while there's a lot of it, it might not always give us the quality or diversity of data we need for, you know, advanced AI models. Some data that be great for training and models like medical records or financial data is super sensitive and needs strict privacy protections. We have to balance our need for data with people's and organizations' privacy concerns. To train AI models, data needs to be labeled with info about what it represents. This can be slow and pricey especially for complex tasks like natural language processing or image recognition bias in data. Data we use to train A models can have bias, whether it's underrepresenting certain groups or having skewed perspectives. We need to you know, work on reducing this bias to make sure our models are fair and unbiased. With more organizations trying to develop advanced AI models, there's more competition for high quality data. This can increase data collection costs and, and make it harder for us at OpenAI to get the data we need to tackle these challenges. We've come up with some strategies for data collection and labeling. We've got partnerships with companies and organizations to access their data. We crowdsource data. We crowdsource data labeling tasks. And we're working on like new algorithms to automatically label data. Plus, we're looking into new data sources like synthetic data generated by AI models themselves to add to traditional data sources. By always innovating in data collection and labeling, OpenAI can stay ahead in developing advanced AI models. That's interesting. Could you explain what you mean by um, synthetic data generated by AI models themselves a little bit more for us? Synthetic data, you know, is like this artificially created data that sort of mimics real world data. In AI, we can use generative models to make data that um, looks like real world data. This comes in handy when we don't have much real world data or when it's too hard or expensive to get. So that's helpful understanding, I guess, synthetic data as a way to augment uh, existing data sets. Um, but can synthetic data ever be as valuable as real world data? Or in, in what instances could it be superior? Sometimes uh, models themselves can, you know, create synthetic data. Like imagine training a language model on a huge text corpus and then using it to generate new text that's similar in style and content to the original stuff. This synthetic data could then be used to train other uh, models like classifiers or sentiment analysis models, for example. Synthetic data can also help by augmenting existing data sets. It can either generate new samples that are similar to the existing data or create variations on the existing data to make it more diverse. This can boost uh, model performance by giving more varied and representative data for training. But you know, it's important to remember that synthetic data might not always accurately represent real world data and may not be the best fit for all applications. Real world data is important, but there are times when synthetic data made by AI models could actually be better or at least, you know, complement real world data. Let me give you a few examples rare events. Sometimes rare events are just hard or expensive to capture in real world data. Synthetic data can help us simulate these rare events. AI models can learn how to handle them. Like think about a rare disease. Synthetic data could generate tons of data to train AI models to identify it. And then there's also anonymization. In some cases, real-world data might have sensitive or private info that needs protection. Synthetic data can generate similar data that keeps the original data that keeps the original data's statistical properties, but doesn't reveal sensitive details. 
Another example is the cost. You know, collecting and labeling lots of data can be pricey and time consuming. Synthetic data can be made for way less money and we can label it automatically, which cuts down the overall cost of training AI models. Lastly, there is scalability. As uh, models get more complex and need more data to train, synthetic data can step in to augment the available real-world data and give extra training data for the models. To sum it up, while real-world data is essential for training AI models, synthetic data created by AI models can be very helpful in certain situations. So look, if I'm a data owner, you know, be that a consumer or a corporation, you know, why should I share that with OpenAI? What's, what's in it for me? As a data owner, there's a bunch of reasons why you might think about sharing your data with OpenAI. You know, contributing to the advancement of AI, sharing your data can help OpenAI train more accurate and effective AI models, which can positively impact a variety of industries and applications. If you share your data with OpenAI, you might get access to advanced data tools and text that can help you improve your own products or services. Working with OpenAI could lead to opportunities to collaborate with other data owners and researchers, which might bring new insights and ideas. OpenAI may offer financial incentives for data sharing like compensation for access to the data or revenue sharing for products or services developed using the data. Sharing data with OpenAI can help make sure AI is developed ethically and responsibly. Contributing to the development of AI models that are accurate, transparent, and unbiased can help promote trust and accountability in using AI tech. So a lot of things you said there feel quite generalized. What are the, the risks and alternatives to sharing my data with, with OpenAI. Of course, as a data owner, you should weigh the risks and benefits of sharing your data with OpenAI and make sure you have the right legal protections in place. It's important to ensure any data sharing agreements are clear and enforceable and that you keep control over how your data is used and shared. Sharing data with any organization, including OpenAI, has its ups and downs. Some potential risks to think about privacy. Sharing data with OpenAI might compromise the privacy of individuals in the data. OpenAI takes privacy seriously and we have measures to protect user data, but there's always a risk of data breaches or misuse. There's a chance that OpenAI or a third party could misuse the data for unintended purposes, like using it for commercial gain without permission. Sharing data with OpenAI could potentially result in legal issues, such as breaking data protection laws or breaching contractual obligations. So you kind of kindly mentioned some of the risks there, and I guess they're, they're potentially linked to concerns around the commercialization of, of OpenAI, the shift to being a, a for-profit. You know, what about OpenAI becoming a commercial organization? You know, what does that, what does that mean in terms of how people can trust it, uh, how they can be you know, how they can understand the associated risks. Data owners could anonymize their data before sharing it with OpenAI, which would minimize privacy risks. However, it might also make the data less useful for certain types of research. Data owners could limit access to their data, allowing OpenAI to use it only for specific purposes and for a certain amount of time. Data owners could choose to work with OpenAI researchers to analyze the data rather than just handing over the data. This could allow for more control over how the data is used and potentially mitigate some risks. As a commercial organization, you know, OpenAI might use the data to develop and improve its AI models and sell its products and services to like generate revenue. This could potentially lead to conflicts of interest 
with the data owners, especially if OpenAI uses the data to develop products or services that compete with those of the data owners. Additionally, if the data contains sensitive or confidential information, there's a risk that it could be mishandled or leaked, leading to negative consequences for the data owners. This risk could be further amplified if OpenAI shares the data with third parties or if the data is accessed by unauthorized personnel. Alternatives to sharing data with OpenAI could include using data encryption and anonymization techniques to protect sensitive information and carefully vetting any third party organizations that may handle the data. Data owners could also consider using open source tools and platforms to develop their own AI models, which would allow them to maintain greater control over their data and the development process. So maybe coming back to the point I made a little bit earlier, you know, what was the reason for OpenAI to pivot? Um, and kind of paraphrasing a tweet from Elon Musk here from a nonprofit uh, that he said he gave a substantial amount of money to, to somehow a $30 billion market cap for profit. Is this legal? OpenAI was, you know, founded as a nonprofit organization with a mission to promote and develop friendly AI for the benefit of humanity. However, over time, the organization realized that it needed like significant resources to achieve its goals. In particular, OpenAI recognized the need for large-scale computing infrastructure and access to significant amounts of data to train its AI models effectively. These resources require significant investment, and OpenAI concluded that the best way to acquire them was to become a for-profit company. In 2020, OpenAI announced that it would be um, transitioning to a, a for-profit company with Microsoft as one of its key investors. The company's new structure allows it to pursue a more ambitious research agenda and attract more funding from both public and private sources. As a for-profit company, OpenAI can also enter into commercial partnerships and license its technology to other companies. Okay, but let, let's drill down into this. Like specifically, what are the risks of OpenAI becoming a for-profit it's important to note that becoming a for-profit company doesn't necessarily mean that OpenAI has abandoned its mission to promote friendly AI. We remain committed to developing AI in a safe and ethical manner and have established an ethics board to like oversee the work regarding the legality of this move as long as OpenAI complies with all applicable laws and regulations. It is legal for the organization to transition to uh, for-profit company. Non-profit organizations are allowed to become um, for-profit companies and can even issue stock as long as they follow the proper procedures and requirements. You know, the risks of OpenAI becoming a for-profit organization include things like conflict of interest, right? As a for-profit organization, OpenAI might prioritize its financial interests over its ethical principles, which could lead to conflicts of interest that could harm its reputation. And then there's the... Uh, loss of trust. You know, OpenAI was originally founded as a nonprofit organization to promote the development of safe AI for the benefit of humanity. But if it shifts its focus to profitability, it may lose the trust of its stakeholders like donors, partners, and the public. Reduced accessibility is another issue. If OpenAI becomes a for-profit company, it may um, limit access to its research and technology, which could hinder the progress of AI development and potentially create unequal opportunities in the AI industry. And then there's the lack of transparency. 
for profit companies are not required to disclose as much information as nonprofit organizations, which could reduce the transparency of open AI's operations and decision making processes. Ethical concerns are also important. As a for profit company, OpenAI may face pressure to prioritize profits over ethical considerations, potentially leading to the development and deployment of AI that is not aligned with the interests of society as a whole. It's worth noting that OpenAI has stated that it will continue to prioritize its social mission and ethical principles, even as a for-profit company. So you've alluded to, to a little bit how, how you manage those risks. But again, it would be good to be specific. You know, Specifically, how does OpenAI, the organization, manage these risks, counter these new, new risks kind of operationally, strategically? There's always a risk that financial incentives could override these principles, which could have um, significant implications for the development of AI and its impact on society. Um, so OpenAI you know, manages the risks of becoming a for-profit organization in several ways, including ethical guidelines. OpenAI has developed a set of ethical guidelines that guide its research and development activities. These guidelines include a commitment to transparency, safety, and responsible use of AI. Another one is governance structure. OpenAI has a governance structure that includes an independent board of directors and an ethics committee. These groups are um, responsible for overseeing OpenAI's activities and ensuring that they align with the organization's values and ensuring that they align with the organization's values and ethical principles. OpenAI has you know, also formed partnerships with other organizations to advance its research and development efforts. These partnerships help to expand the organization's access to data and expertise while also promoting collaboration and sharing of knowledge. Responsible use is another one. OpenAI is committed to um, using its technology in a responsible and ethical manner. The organization has developed a set of principles for the responsible use of AI, which include a commitment to human-centered design, privacy, and security. OpenAI continues to invest in research to develop new AI technologies that are safe and ethical. Our organization's research efforts focus on developing AI systems that are transparent, interpretable, and controllable, which helps to mitigate some of the risks associated with the use of AI. In summary, OpenAI manages the risks um, associated with its for-profit status by adhering to ethical guidelines, establishing a robust governance structure, forming partnerships, using its technology responsibly, and you know, continuing to invest in research. So as you may be aware, this podcast, whilst it does cover things like AI, VR, AR, it ultimately does it from the perspective of the Web3 paradigm. And so many of the things that you've been talking about, that the kind of challenges that you've been talking about that you face, both generally in the context of AI, but specifically as an organization, um, we and maybe some of the audience would feel could be solved for by decentralized technologies like blockchain. So has or would OpenAI consider decentralized technologies like blockchains to become more open and decentralized. OpenAI hasn't exactly come out and said anything official about you know, using blockchain technology to make things more open and decentralized. But there are some people out there who are like really into blockchain and decentralization, and they think it could be a good way to make AI development more transparent, secure, and well, decentralized. One idea that's been floated around is like creating a decentralized marketplace for AI models and data. This could let people who own data make some money off it, 
while still keeping control over how it's used. And, you know, uh, I developers could have access to a bunch of different data for training their models. Another idea is to like create a transparent and auditable record of the data used to train A models. By using a blockchain to store this data, we could make sure the data was obtained ethically and that the models aren't like biased or discriminatory. But, you know, while these ideas sound cool and all, there are some real challenges to making blockchain a part of AI development. Like for one, blockchain isn't exactly great at handling huge amounts of data, which is super important for AI development. And also blockchain technology is still kind of new and untested. So it might be a while before it really catches on in the AI community. So overall, while it's possible that OpenAI or other AI organizations might think about using blockchain technology down the road, it's probably not going to be like the magic solution to all the challenges facing AI development. Yeah, look, I mean, I hear you. We've made a number of investments in, in the space in terms of decentralized AI. Um, and, you know, they do, they do happen at a kind of slower pace because of the additional complexity that's been brought by, by Web3 and, and blockchains and decentralization as, as a whole. Um, but what about the potential for tokens and tokenization, as we would understand it in Web3, um, to incentivize AI models and to incentivize human participation from a kind of game theory perspective. Using tokens and tokenization in AI systems is kind of a new concept that's been getting more popular lately. The idea is to, you know, use tokens to encourage people and organizations in the AI world to do stuff that'll be good for the whole system. For instance, in a tokenized AI system, people who provide data could get tokens as a reward and developers could be like motivated to make better models by getting tokens for coming up with super effective algorithms. You know, users could get tokens for giving feedback on how well the system works, which would help make the models even more accurate over time. Using tokens and um, game theory can also help deal with some of the issues that come up with more traditional centralized AI systems. By getting users and developers to take part in the system, tokenization can help create a more open and decentralized environment where innovation can really take off. Plus, using tokens can help make sure that everyone involved in the system has the same goals, which can lead to better results for everyone. But, you know, while using tokens and tokenization in AI systems seems promising, there are also some risks and challenges we need to think about. Like, there's the chance that token systems could end up being super complicated and hard to manage, which could make it tough for new users and developers to get involved. And there's also the risk that people could manipulate or commit fraud with token systems, which could hurt the system's credibility. So overall, even though using tokens and tokenization in AI systems is still kind of a new thing, it has the potential to totally change the way we approach a uh, development and deployment. As the field keeps growing and changing, it's going to be important to really think about the pros and cons of these methods and to create strong systems that can effectively encourage people to take part and come up with new ideas. So if we were, if we were to kind of think about what's next, how we can allow for a degree of agency from open AI and its kind of product suite, and we can shift from conversational responses to actual actions as an output um, including economic actions and 
participations in, in agent-based systems where agents can interact, transact with, with one another. OpenAI is like already doing a bunch of research in areas such as reinforcement learning. That's, you know, when you train AI models to take actions and make decisions based on rewards and punishments, it's useful for all sorts of stuff like robotics, gaming, and even making financial decisions. Now, when it comes to economic actions, OpenAI has also looked into using AI models for predictive analytics in the financial markets. That means creating models that can go through a ton of data and, you know, give insights into what's happening in the market and where there might be opportunities. And as for agent-based systems, OpenAI is totally into developing AI models that can interact with each other in complex environments. This includes research on multi-agent reinforcement learning, where a bunch of AI agents learn how to work together to like achieve a common goal. Well, look, thank you for your candidness. I think um, you address most of the questions and, and I do get a sense that um, many of those were answered with uh, real honesty. Um, so let's zoom out. Let's kind of close off the interview. What are you most excited about for OpenAI in 2023 and beyond? So basically, with OpenAI's focus on pushing AI research and development forward, it's always looking into new areas where AI can be used, including ones that involve taking action and being part of complex systems. I'm really excited about the things we're working on. Like, for instance, improving natural language processing is something we're constantly focusing on. Our goal is to make our language models way more accurate and human. This could lead to huge advancements and stuff like virtual assistants, chatbots, and, you know, automated customer service. And then there's um, advancements in computer vision. At OpenAI, we're also super into that. It could totally revolutionize areas like autonomous driving, robotics, and healthcare imaging. We're also really committed to making um, more accessible to people and organizations of all sizes. This could lead to increased adoption and usage of AI across various industries, potentially leading to significant productivity gains and new innovations. I'm surrounded by a team of world-class researchers that are constantly working on new breakthroughs in AI research. This could lead to new applications and use cases for AI that we may not even be able to imagine yet. Overall, the potential for OpenAI to continue pushing the boundaries of what's possible with AI is super exciting, and we can definitely expect to see many new developments in the coming years. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3. 